Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Today, we're going to Oklahoma. I can still smell those delicious burgers on the grill. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Come with us as we visit with some great new friends. You might hear some familiar themes in their story, and we're sure it'll be a blessing. Pull up a chair and grab a burger. Now, if you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. The Bible is all about Yeshua, our Messiah. Now, you can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Mexico and Maryland. Listen out for Red Pill Tour on a radio station near you. Red Pill Tour is an outreach of B'nai Ephraim Messianic Ministries and Assembly. Also, stay tuned after this episode for an exciting announcement from B'nai Ephraim Messianic Ministries and Assembly. While enjoying Sukkot last year, we met Corey and Haley, a beautiful young couple with a growing family. Mm -hmm. Now, we met Corey and Haley through our friend Judith. If you haven't already heard it, check out Red Pill Torah podcast episode number 174 called Wisdom from Judith. Once you've heard that episode, you'll be all caught up on the family interactions. Sukkot really is a family affair. Mm -hmm. It is a feast of Jehovah where we all come together and remember that our Heavenly Father made our fathers, the children of Israel, to live in booths. He taught us to rely on Him, and He gave us instructions on how to live together in a way that pleases Him. With the Torah written on our hearts, the Ruach HaKodesh shows us that we are indeed a family, the family of Elohim. Amen. Daddy, it's time to hear from Corey and Haley, so let's roll that tape. Okay, everyone, that sizzling sound you hear are the hamburgers of our next guests, Corey and Haley. Uh, they're friends of ours from Oklahoma, and they're here with us at Sukkot at Lion and Lamb Ministries 2022. Uh, so let's, let's let, let them introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Corey Poole. Uh, here with my wife Haley uh, and our nine kids at Sukkot and uh, meeting our wonderful new friends from Baltimore and uh, just happy to talk with you guys. Well, I gotta say, it's quite the setup that you have here. It, there's several tents and there's a covered uh, Pavilion? pavilions in the middle, a walkway like a family space and bedrooms and you know, it's, it's a complex here. It's a compound. <laughs> it, it's very nice. Very nice. Thank you. Uh, like the setup very well. So, uh, oh, that, come on over. That's fine. Um, hey, this, is, this, this is your your home away. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> so, um, how did you all meet uh, the Lord? Then, what's your walk with the Lord been like? Uh, that's a really long story. To condense it very quickly, uh, I was raised. Presbyterian by my mother and grandmother which meant I went to church once in a while on Easter and sometimes on Christmas and had zero relationship with the Lord though I knew my grandma had a King James Bible that nobody ever read that was uh, on the bedside table of her uh, bedroom 
more and professing agnostic. Yeah, it. professing agnostic. Into my into my adult life, I found Christians to be extremely hypocritical, and took it upon myself to actually read the Bible several times through, just so that I could argue with Christians who clearly had never uh, read the Bible at all. Mm. And that led me to. Um, He's a bit of a Saul turned into a Paul. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I uh, I met my wife through uh, my mother and her mother working together. And even through the first couple years of our marriage, just kind of refused to go to church. And I was the guy who had uh, you know lunch ready when they got home because you can go do church, that's fine. But my wife would come home and ask me questions and I really didn't want to have anything to do with it, but I felt like I should answer some of her questions. And that led me to a friendship with the pastor of the church, which still kind of kept me away from Christianity enough. We were just friends. And then uh, our church went mobile, and he asked me, you know, hey, you're a pretty big guy. Do you want to help us put together the mobile stage every Sunday? And that was the start of seven he years. Was just volunteering. <laughs> was he wasn't just, attending. I was just volunteering. I wasn't attending, and that led me through seven years of ministry, five as a pastor. Wow. Um, and then two years ago, in 2020, we moved to Oklahoma where we met my wife's midwife judith and during the labor of of one of our children we all just started talking because there wasn't anything else to do except wait on the baby and uh, judith really started talking to us about uh observing the torah and and what at the time i thought you know oh keeping the old commandments and you know how that's kind of hard and um our our life had kind of been going that way anyway mm-hmm. uh, and so we just really opened ourselves up to that and were invited to our first Sukkot last year and I thought Judith that kind of sounds like a cult I don't know if I want to go <laughs> but we came thank God uh, we, we came and uh, we knew right away last year after being here that we had to bring our whole family back and this is exactly what we were looking for exactly what we needed and we were we were being guided here we were just we were at the back of the, the herd we were we were the sheep that that the good Lord looks back and says will you please hurry up we're all trying to move and you're still back there I would um, say like the last year and a half or so of ministry at the church we were at before before we left We were leading a Bible study, and in our own personal study, we were starting to feel pulled towards the Old Testament. And the more we dug into the Old Testament, the more the elders were like, nah, we don't really go down that road. And so, like, we tried to have, like, a Seder for Passover. We had a Hanukkah one year. We started trying to dabble with some of the feasts. Um, And then that was just really kind of where we were when we left Illinois, came down here. We didn't really have a congregation or a church, and I really feel like Judith just allowed the Holy Spirit to talk through her um, during that pregnancy and especially through my labor. And it was Mm -hmm. like, when we came last year, even only being here for two days, it was like, other people see it too. Other people have seen and read the same words that we have. We're not crazy, this makes sense. There's a whole community of people. And then like, the more we dug into some of the teachings and things through Lion and Lamb Ministry and just fellowshipping with Judith, it was, it felt like, everything that the Lord had been like tugging at our hearts over the years was like clicking into place. The pieces kind of all came together. Well, that's interesting. I'm wondering um, why you weren't more resistant. 
I mean, many of the people that we meet initially think this is wacko, right? It yeah. was more of a sigh of relief to me. He was probably more hesitant. For me, I had met... Um, so the first area the Lord really worked on our hearts was he asked us to hand over the size of our family to him and our reproductive plans. So we, I mean, it was a lot of prayer. It was a lot of trusting God, but that was kind of the first area of our life that he was like, you say you want to trust me, mm -hmm. trust me. And so that's how we've ended up with nine, number 10 on the way. Um, Congratulations. And it, thank you. And it was like, as we started to trust him in those areas and see him show up over and over, I had established some friendships online with other moms of large families, just the logistics involved, um, trusting God through having large families. So I had started to make contact with some Messianic believers and that really like caught my attention, especially with the Old Testament studies that we were doing. So it was not mm -hmm. super far-fetched for me. I already had knew and heard about people that were living that way and kind of felt a tug that direction. It was just out of our comfort zone. But I think I had been, I don't know, pulled that direction little bits at a time for so long that when somebody finally laid out the big picture, it just all clicked. It was like, you've been trying to show me this for like a decade. And it it was more of a sigh of relief and a feeling of coming home that like, this all does make sense. This is what we're, this is how. So it, mm -hmm. it was more of a coming home and a sigh of relief for me. I think it was a little harder for him at first, but I don't think it was that big of a leap because I mean, especially that last year of Bible study, it was over and over again with the elders. like. But why don't we do this? It says forever. It says for all the generations. It says for, so why don't we? <laughs> that might oh. be a different part of the interview when we <laughs> talk about being much. kicked That's out of the Christian much. church. <laughs> so, I mean, it was just over and over us visiting these things. So, like, by the time somebody who had the testimony and the Messianic faith and knew the Torah laid it all out, it was like, here we are. Yeah. This is what, this, this is where we felt called. So, uh, well, Corey, you opened the door, yeah. and uh, you're not the first folks that we've spoken to who've gotten the left foot of fellowship. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, we know a little bit of something about that. We certainly heard. Um, how'd you get to that point where they had to boot you? <laughs> well, so I, I, I'm on the, you know, I'm, I'm a part of the pastoral staff. I'm, I'm the executive or connections pastor at that time, so I'm over... Missions and connections and outreach and youth and Sounds like a discipleship and and discipleship was where I got myself in trouble because uh, up until that point we had been leading a Bible study in our home for about two and a half three years with about 30 different people mm -hmm. about 15 couples mm -hmm. there were some single folks but we were the crazy household that we had a lot of kids anyway so especially new believers who had kids who were afraid of like oh i can't go to the 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 nice house that mm -hmm. I, my kids will break something mm -hmm. well our kids were breaking things in the basement <laughs> anyway so come to our house um you know coffee is it you know and coffee and and uh we love to feed people so we always had a meal first mm -hmm. And we went through Matthew to Revelation twice in that three and three years. But the problem that we kept running into was just the, the next time we would circle back, folks had seemed to completely have forgotten what we had talked about, mm -hmm. like the growth and development we had had. And mm -hmm. so 
we were really struggling and at that time uh, the the lead pastor had this discipleship program that he thought everybody should go through it was an eight-week session that you know these are the questions you should ask them after this passage mm -hmm. you, you, it laid it all out well she and I did it ourselves we found it very shallow and very empty and, mm -hmm. and did not receive any any guidance or inspiration or or anything uh, from the Holy Spirit and in, in keeping going and so what we decided was this time we're gonna go through Matthew Mark Luke and John and everywhere that Jesus says you've heard it's been said we aren't going to read any further we're going to go back and read about what Christ was teaching and what he was expanding on and how he was telling us we were getting it wrong and how to get it right. Mm. Mm. And that um, sort of brought the wrath of the elder board to, to my doorstep because we were told that those were the old covenants, those were the old commandments. We don't recognize those anymore. That's not the law uh, that we need to follow. We have Jesus, uh, so we don't need anything else. Yikes. And we sort of just stood our ground and said, you know, it's it's a complete book. Uh, these these divisions, these man-made divisions, you know, everything from, you know, the chapters, that's not really there. It's just it's just to help us get through it and and kind of have some reference, but that you the can't book is have organized, but right? It's not separate it, it, books. Right? It's it's, it's organized, this part, but that part only this thing only. Right? I've never I've never seen a I've never seen a holy Bible printed just Matthew through Revelation. It always has the right. first part attached too, mm -hmm. and so uh, we just decided that we were not going to stop teaching it that way. Uh, and that kind of led down to you know the road that you know I'm I was I was hard-headed and, and hard-hearted and stiff-necked and um, if I wasn't going to follow the leadership of the church then I was really going against my brothers in Christ and um, it was perceived that, as, as being rebellious yeah and then um, I mean we just started doing things that people didn't understand we had a Passover we had a right. Hanukkah we had you know these different things and it was just we were trying to receive we were trying to ob observe the torah and and what in our very limited infant understanding of mm -hmm. what we were doing uh, and it, it just anything that we did that was torah related that we said we did out of an out of an act of worship we know that our salvation doesn't come from following the law our salvation comes from jesus right but he didn't say, so now you don't have to follow the law. <laughs> right. So yeah. we tried to explain that when we do these things, it's an act of worship for us. And mm -hmm. it came back to us that like it's perceived as us being judgmental or we're acting like we're better than right. other people. Right. And, and it, it was, that's not where our heart was at all. And it, it, it was just a breakdown of understanding. Yeah. It, it was kind of a tumultuous time in our church's leadership anyway. Um, just the normal things that happen in ministry and in churches, uneven distribution of powers, uneven distribution of responsibilities, things were kind of already breaking down. Mm -hmm. And I think God kind of laid these things on our heart and kind of some other sets of personal circumstances that just everything kind of happened as it was supposed to. Mm -hmm. uh, in hindsight, we ended up exactly where we were supposed to be, exactly when we were supposed to be there. And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I... It, at the time, um, it was like I was off on a maternity leave. That was his only source of income um, for the church to 
you know, let him go or terminate him or whatever during that time. It was so hurtful. Those were supposed to be my brothers and sisters in Christ and nobody was checking on us. Nobody was worried about us. Mm -hmm. Nobody. And it was like, what are you going to do? And it was like, Tim, how many times have we been in a tough place with no apparent way out? But then our Heavenly Father makes a way of escape. Stories like Corey and Haley's do wonder for our faith. Amen. You know, we know that Jehovah is faithful mm -hmm. because we've seen his goodness in our lives. We have seen his willingness to deliver us and his ability to deliver us and others who were in trouble. That's one of the messages of Sukkot. Learn to trust in the deliverance of the Elohim of Israel. That's why we live in temporary structures for a while. To our listeners, if you've never experienced a Sukkot celebration, please plan to participate in the next one. The way things are going, we may need to go to Sukkot sooner than many people realize. Mm -hmm. Right now is a good time for our question. What would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life or some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and cave under the pressure or threat of losing money, employment, or other things in this world? Or would you take the red pill and say what Psalms 91 says, I will say of Jehovah, he is my refuge and my fortress, my Elohim. In him I will trust. Only you can answer that question. Now, if you're in a situation that is similar to Corey and Haley's, we pray for the gracious provision of El Shaddai in your life today. Don't forget to thank him for his goodness to you right now. There's no need to wait for that. And there's more to Corey and Haley's story. As Jehovah allows, we'll come back with the rest next week. Well, that's almost all the time we have for today. Hang on for a special announcement from B'nai Ephraim Messianic Ministries and Assembly. And thanks for listening to us at Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth. Grace and peace, everyone. Shalom and chesed. We want to announce a special event sponsored by B'nai Ephraim, Messianic Ministries, and Assembly. On February 17th, our Erev Shabbat, or Friday evening gathering, will feature a really special guest. That guest is the one and only Dr. Miles Jones. Mm -hmm. Dr. Jones is an internationally renowned Bible and language scholar. He will be teaching about the Hebrew Gospels and the early church history. For centuries, many have been taught that the Gospels and the rest of the New Testament were all written in Greek. Now we know that's not true, and we know why it matters. Our faith is not smoke and mirrors. It is documented in authenticated ancient writings. In Hebrew, the language of Elohim's people. We at B'nai Ephraim thinks it's time that we learn all the facts. Don't miss this chance to deepen your faith in Yeshua, Messiah, and Jehovah Elohim by hearing what Dr. Jones has discovered. The date is February 17, 2023. The time is 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The place is online. All you need is a good internet connection and access to Zoom. 
if you want to join the meeting and you want the link so that you can get in, which would be helpful, email us at redpiltora at gmail.com. Red Pill Torah is an outreach arm of B'nai Ephraim Messianic Ministries and Assembly. Find us on the web at www.bema.org. There are limited numbers of slots for our upcoming event, so email us as soon as possible. Shavuotov. Shalom.